Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensa Wood. This month we've been studying um, all, uh, all throughout the month um, the book of James, and it will take us a couple of weeks to get through it, but we'll do, I mean, we're also doing that on the Wednesdays as well, but um, God has been so good. This study is so rich. And uh, I pray in the name of Jesus that the same way I'm getting blessed, you'll be blessed as well. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So the chapter, just to give you a background, James is writing to um, people, believers, Christians, that as a result of the persecution in Acts chapter 8, um, this, Acts chapter 8, verse 1, the, the dispersion that happened, they are scattered all over the, um, all over the place, and they've lost their homes, they've lost their jobs, they've lost um, different things. Um, and some, they are going through a very difficult time. So um, they write a letter to the Apostle James, and he responds like a true pastor and begins to answer their questions. And then we also discovered that James was uh, the half-brother of Jesus, and it's, it's, a tr- it's true humility for him to acknowledge Jesus Christ after he was revealed to him and to call himself a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we discovered how the whole family um, was involved in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray in the name of Jesus, some of us pray for our family members, for them to come to the Lord. And not only that, your, your extended family, but your immediate family, may your family be dedicated to serving the Lord. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. So we went through James chapter 1. That's as far as we've gone in the last two weeks. So let's go a step further here from James chapter 2. It says, My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings in fine apparels, then there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you, are, you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, You sit here in a good place and say to the poor man, You stand here or sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? So here, James is also the oldest, oldest book um, in, the, in the Old Testament. It was really written even before the Gospels and then the letters by Apostle Paul. So here he says that if someone comes into your, into your assemblies, he uses the word synagogue, they're still in synagogues. And so he wants to address, with all that is going on, he wants to address the issue of prejudice. And he says it's very easy for us when we treat people based on, the, on their outward appearance. And he's saying that someone comes into your midst, rich, someone comes into your midst, um, doesn't look so rich. You, you give them preferential treatment and you're not treating them the right way that they are supposed to be treated. So he goes on to say that, look, uh, be very cautious about that. Jesus, his brother, had also talked about that in the gospel. So, you see, in life, be very careful not to treat people based on outward appearance. It's so important. Because the person that you are dealing with, uh, you don't know how they will turn out. And, and just treat people and love, love God and love other people. And then and, and treat them uh, like how you will want to be treated. Very, 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 very important. So I pray in the name of Jesus, because we live in a society, sometimes uh, it's so easy to fall into that trap. But I pray, thank God this is a loving church. We have all nations. This, this place looks like heaven. 
Amen. We have all, I mean, several nations represented here. People from different backgrounds represented here. And it's just by the grace of God. Amen. If you're a child of God, we'll be in heaven together. So might as well learn to get along while we are down here. Amen. <laughs> One time in a certain church, a certain man came in. And when he came in, he, he didn't look, from an outward standpoint, he didn't look um, like well-to-do. He was a single person living in a single apartment. And just like we do here, I mean, the church took care of him and welcomed him to the assembly. And then they would take care of him during the holidays, make sure they were well, he was well taken care of. In the process of time, the man um, passed away. And when he passed away, um, somebody came along to adjudicate his will. And then when they came, I mean, they weren't even, the pastor wasn't even expecting that, some, I mean, he had a will to start with. And when he came along, um, he had left 200000 for the church. And not only that, he left property, property that was valued over 100000 to the church. And it was a great blessing to the church because the church was in a building program. Easy. And I, I like the stories like that. I pay attention to stories like that. Amen. <laughs> but the point is, they treated him, even though from a natural standpoint, uh, he did not look like somebody he, who had any means. They treated him um, lovingly. And in the process of time, he was a blessing to the church. So, so you see, sometimes when you see people, just, just love people. And any time you see somebody that loves God, that genuinely loves God, and, and, and believes in God, sometimes they may not look like it in the natural, but you just watch. It's only a matter of time. When, as they follow God closely, there will be a change in their circumstance. I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, may God help us to treat people without prejudice in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, let's go a step further here. So um, there are so many other things, but we are taking the highlights in the book of James. So he goes on to talk about certain things, uh, and then when he gets to verse 14, he says, What does it profit, brethren, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and, be, and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? That's also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So, he starts, he goes on another illustration again, and talks about one, the needy brother or sister. And James recognizes because he was there in the, in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 6, when the church, they, I mean, they were taking care of the widows, the poor, and the confusion arose over the distribution of, of the food. He's talking about the fact that, look, sometimes, if, and here as well, I mean, in, in, in the church, there's a process to take care of people that are needy. And then there's a process also to weed out imposters. Because sometimes, some, some of the calls that we get, I mean, it's, it's, it's way out there. And, and, and you know that the person is not telling the truth. 
and they are sometimes they are looking for um, money to spend it on addictive behaviors. So, but, but as much as possible, we try to help with clothes and food and, and all those, and even partner with local, local organizations. But he's saying that, look, uh, food, if somebody is in need and you have the capacity, as he's talking about a brother or a sister, and you're in a position to help, put your faith into action. Let your faith take on visible action. And then he says that, show me your faith without your works, and then I will show you, verse 7 says, thus, says, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. That word dead is like a cadaver. It, there's no life in it. No life in it. Completely dead. So he says that put your faith into action. Let your faith have visible action to go with it. Uh, in the world, we, 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 sometimes we say talk is cheap. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes, this, I like this book. It's a very practical book. This is where the rubber meets the road. It, when it comes down to it, put your faith into action. You see, faith and, and works. It puts a, it's like synergy. They, they go to they go hand in hand. One doesn't sit by itself or work by itself. They both work together for us to see something tangible in the natural. It's like love and marriage. I mean, these things go hand in hand. And, and if, even talking about prejudice, I mean, to, 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 just back to school season, for the teenagers to, to, to understand it. Uh, one time, somebody was asking their child, and they said, ah, what's the, what's the deal here? I don't know the latest in sports and the latest in fashion and all those things, but what's going on? I mean, what's, what's really happening in your school when it comes to clothing? He said, I mean, really, the, the issue is not with the clothing. The issue are, the, is, is the, the, the teenager was explaining to the parent, the issue are, are the people who uh, he calls them hangers. They, 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 they don't fit anywhere, so, or at least don't try to fit anywhere, but they hang on to people and look for their cliches or different groups. And he, he was trying to explain to them that uh, uh, sometimes those are the people that don't find in any company, the hangers. He calls them, call them the hangers. So, so faith must have visible actions. Weymouth's translation, Weymouth was a, was, was a preacher way back there, and he translated the Bible and said in verse 17, he, he, he puts it this way, he says, so also faith, if it is unaccompanied by obedience, has no life in it, so long as it stands alone. He says, no, someone will say, you have faith, I have actions, prove to me your faith apart from corresponding actions, and I'll prove mine to you by my actions. I like that phrase, corresponding action. Weymouth's translation, Weymouth was, a, was, was a, a preacher way back there. And he translated the Bible and said in verse 17, he, he, he puts it this way. He says, so also faith, if it is unaccompanied by obedience, has no life in it, so long as it stands alone. He says, no, someone will say, you have faith, I have actions, prove to me your faith apart from corresponding actions, and I'll prove mine to you by my action. Your faith must have corresponding actions. Other than that, it is dead being alone. 
Then he goes on to talk about Abraham. Uh, I mean, talked about the next illustration that he uses too, is believing demons. He says that, verse 19, you believe that there is one God, you do well, even the demons believe and tremble. Do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Let's pause there. He says the demons believe and tremble. You see, the demons believe in God. There, there's no atheist or agnostic in hell. No, 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 no. Once, once you get there, somewhere, somehow you believe. He says the demons also believe. But you see, it doesn't change, it doesn't change them. They, their nature cannot be changed from now till eternity. The demons also believe and tremble. The Bible says that Jesus Christ, through his obedience, God has given him a name which is above every name. At the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee bows of beings in heaven, of beings on the earth, and beings under the earth. My Lord and my God, take that name and begin to use it. Let your confidence be in that name. Let your trust be in that name. Use that name when the enemy comes against you. Take that name when the enemy comes against your children take that name when the enemy comes against your health take that name and use the name the name of Jesus is what gives us access boldly into the throne room of grace oh don't just hang that name around take that name and begin to use it those demons tremble at the name of the Lord Jesus Christ oh my Lord and my God the name is recognized in all three worlds in heaven on earth and under the earth somebody shout a thank you for the name of Jesus my Lord and my God. And then the third illustration that he uses in this chapter, talking about faith, he says, verse 21, he says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? And the scriptures was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Oh, my Lord and my God. On what basis? Because he believed God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Abraham is called a friend of God. He's called in Romans chapter 4, a father of our faith. And his faith was so exemplary, uh, God singles him out. Now, he and Sarah had been married for a long time and no children in sight. And God comes to Abraham and calls him a father of many nations. He changes his name. Because, you see, uh, the, the Bible says that God calls those things that be not as though they were. And we have a, have a whole series on, on, on faith, but here we pause. And because once I talk, start talking about faith, I get excited because I know what it will do for you. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. My Lord and my God. So, he says that, notice, notice Romans chapter 4. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He says that. James talks about it from one angle, and then Paul, um, writing, also talks about it from another angle. He says that 
in Romans chapter 4, verse, verse, verse 16, it says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, who gives light to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendant be. And not being weak in faith, notice this, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was already, he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's room he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened in faith giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was also to be able to perform and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness so he calls when he calls Abraham changes his name and calls him a father of many nations there are no nations inside there's not even one child and Sarah is gone, I see him mostly, past menopause, and Abraham past papapause. <laughs> no nations in sight. Old. And Sarah was laughing. So this is this my husband, I know him, he's old. I mean, what are, you, what are you saying? But oh my Lord and my God, the Bible says that he called him a father of many nations. You see, faith calls those things that be not as though they were. That's what causes them to become. I'll repeat it again. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. That's what causes them to become. That's how God operates. And this is an area where sometimes you run into great difficulty. The Bible says that four times in the Bible it says the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Faith has to do with the, in, with, with the unseen realm. So because God knows that, I mean, Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How does faith come? By hearing and hearing the word of God. So when he changes his name, every time Abraham's name is mentioned, every time Sarah mentions his name, uh, my Lord and my God, they are agreeing with God that he's a father of many nations. And sooner or later, that will show up on this side. And see, when you, so these people are in, in, in great difficulty. He's saying to them, look, for you to see a turnaround, for you to, to see a change, don't just have faith in your heart. It won't, it won't do any good. It's, it's a good place to start. For with the heart, man believes. So faith starts in the heart. But that faith must be put into action. For it to see corresponding action. For it to come to fruition. So with the heart, man believes. With the heart, a person believes. When the Bible talks about the heart, I'm giving you a whole discourse on, on faith in a very short time frame. With the heart, man believes. You don't believe. You only believe what you see. You are, you are very short-sighted. You are not seeing the right way. With the heart, man believes. With the heart, man believes. And when he talks about the heart, he's not talking about the physical organ that pumps blood. No, that's not what he's talking about. 
No, no, no. He's talking about the real person that lives on the inside. The person that lives on the inside is what he's calling the heart. Now, think about it. How did you become a child of God? Some way, somehow, you heard the word of God. And when you heard the word of God, the spirit of God was, around, was, was already in the earth. He says in Romans chapter 10 verse 9, he says that, but if, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Two things. You believe in your heart and you confess it with your mouth. He says, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Confession is made unto your destination. So faith can be in the heart, uh, but it will do no good when, if it just remains in the heart. He says that for with the heart one believes. So when, if you get this, you've, you've gone very far. When you heard the word of God, some way, somehow, the spirit of God was hovering around you. Nothing happened till you opened your mouth to confess Jesus as Lord. When that happened, you switched the Lord, your lordship from the lordship of Satan to the lordship of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit took those words and recreated you and you became born again. Amen. And when you did that, no devil in hell could stop that. Because the creative process had been put into motion. But, you see, the faith did not just remain in your heart. It had to come out of your mouth. That is only the initial step to your lifestyle of faith. Believe with your heart and confess with your mouth what you want to see that is in line with the word of God. And here's where the struggle is. Because most of the time, when that process starts, it contradicts with what you see in the natural. But my Lord and my God, I, we, told, we referenced that in the previous lesson. You see, where you are right now is as a result of your thinking, your believing, and your words, and the actions that you have acted to correspond with that. Whether you realize it or not, you are creating all the time. That's how God made us. But you see, he says, he says here, so when Abraham began to call himself a father of many nations, he was agreeing with what God has said. In the natural, there are no nations in sight. But as he agrees with the word of God, God takes those words, acts on his body and the body of Sarah, and changes things around, and a miracle is the result. My Lord and my God, it doesn't matter the impossible circumstance you are facing right now. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, if you will agree with God and say in the name of Jesus, Lord, this is what I'm seeing from the natural standpoint. It does not agree with your word. But in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, with God, nothing is impossible. I will agree with God and with his word. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I will speak out 
out of my mouth what I believe. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, as you agree in Jesus' mighty name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, that's what Jesus was talking about in Matthew, Mark, Mark 11, 23 and 24. When you agree with God, no matter what the mountain is, no matter what the difficulty is, that mountain will be moved in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You can't talk about faith without talking about what Jesus spoke about in Mark 11. Notice what he says. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The same principle is there as well. He says that, For as surely I say to you, that whoever says to this mountain, notice, says, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, does not doubt where, in his heart, but believes that those things he says he will be he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. It's the same process. It, it, it's, a, it's a spiritual law. It's called in Romans, he calls it the law of faith. That same process is what Jesus had applied to the fig tree, and the disciples were amazed. He said to the fig tree, No man eat fruit of you from here on forever. In 24 hours, the Bible says it's significant. The fig tree began to dry out from the root, from where you couldn't see anything. And he, say, and he says that, they the, were the, the wondering, he says, have faith in God or have faith like God does. And he goes on to say how the faith of God looks like. Believe in your heart, say it with your mouth, and that mountain will move. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, my Lord and my God, any impossible circumstance that you are faced with, in the name of Jesus, as you agree with God, may that mountain, may that difficulty be removed in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. As I'm saying this, I'm reminded, one time somebody wrote from, uh, I think it was Trinidad, so he says, keep on saying in Jesus' mighty name, I love that, <laughs> when you say that. <laughs> oh, I enjoy saying the name. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. You see, the words of our mouth, faith, it will change your life. Your life will be transformed as you cooperate with God. And then he goes, on, he goes on to say that, um, look, Abraham had corresponding actions. You see, when God told Abraham to go and sacrifice Isaac, even after Isaac was born, he didn't just hang around and say, oh, my Lord and my God. Lord, you know I love you. Sometimes we do that. Lord, I love you. But when it comes to Isaac, please don't go there. No, 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 no. <laughs> Do you know how we struggle for this child to come? The question God will ask you is, where, where, where did you get the child from? Who gave you the child to start with? <laughs> the child came from God. But Abraham, when God told him that go and sacrifice Isaac, Oh, thank God for his obedience. He didn't just stand around and say, Lord, I love you. You are my God. I believe in you. I trust you. I depend on you. But Isaac, not today, not tomorrow. <laughs> oh, sometimes there are some areas of our lives we try to tell God, don't come here. 
I'll give you anything, but not this one. Oh, but thank God. Abraham, when God told him to give up Isaac, he says in Genesis 22, I came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And then God began to tell him, bring up Isaac. The very next morning he was on his way. The obedience of faith. His actions were corresponding. Other than Jesus Christ, nobody was asked to sacrifice their son. And they are going. You have to love Isaac too. He's asking the questions. Ah, we are going to sacrifice. And we know when normally when we sacrifice, we have lambs and all these things. Where is the lamb? Oh, I love Abraham. His response. God will provide for himself a lamb for the sacrifice. He's speaking in faith. Isaac, also, they put him down. He was willing to be offered if that's what he took. Abraham took the knife. He was ready, ready to sacrifice him. And all of a sudden, oh, a lamb from nowhere showed up in response to his faith. But what was he responding to? The Bible in Hebrews, he says that he accounted that God was able to raise Isaac from the dead. There had been no resurrection up to that point. Oh, but thank God for Abraham. He was willing to give up his one and only. His, his fake, fake was not fake faith. It was the real deal. It, not, it, it, it was a real deal. It was, not, it was not fake faith. He accounted that God was able to raise Hebrews eleven seventeen By faith Abraham, when he was tried, when he was tested, He who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son of whom he was said in Isaac your seed shall be called concluding that God was able to raise him even from the dead from which he also received him in a figurative sense. Oh my Lord and my God. So the whole time that he's going he, he has concluded he has done his calculations and come to the conclusion that even if Isaac dies, this is the one that God said the promise will come through. So God is able to bring him back from the dead. So I'm not holding back. What is it that you are holding back from the Lord? I pray in the name of Jesus, may we give wholeheartedly to him. In the name of the Lord Jesus. One time, this story, one time a farmer was farming and another person came around. And then um, the farmer said, look, the person that came around said, look, compared to all these other farms around, your farm has um, it's a gorgeous garden. It's so nice. It's wonderful to look at what God has done to this garden. All these wonderful trees, these vegetables. And look at it. It's wonderful to see what God has done here. 
marvelous. And then the other person responded and said, look, you should have seen this field when God was working on this field all by himself. How it looked like. You see, God cooperates with us. Works with us. In our time, our talent, our giving, as we cooperate with him, mighty things are happening. I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, may you cooperate with the Lord. May God call you a, call you a friend. Amen. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Then the final illustration that he uses here, after he talks, uh, talks about Abraham in James, he talks about Rahab. Rahab, my Lord and my God. Some of some, if some, some of us, were, some people are writing, they only include her there, but her name is over there. That means that God, faith is not just for the big people, Abraham and all those people, and especially in her day, Abraham was a man and she was a woman, but she was included in there. That means that faith is for the outcasts, the little ones as well. And she was a prostitute. Solitary services. Somebody will have written them out. But God singles her out. Oh my Lord and my God. No matter your past. I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. May God give you a new beginning. Amen. No matter how you have missed it. May God give you a new beginning. Amen. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Let's look at her faith. When Rahab heard that the people were coming, she see, faith comes by here and he says that, you know, this is in Joshua chapter 2, verse 10. It happened at Jericho. This was the first, one of the, the very first time that they encountered, and, and the walls of Jericho came down. But notice what the Bible says in Joshua chapter 2, verse 10. She says that, For we have heard. How the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted, neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Now therefore I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I've shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token and spare my father, my mother my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. When we, when, we on, when we heard, everybody heard the same thing. But her reaction to what she heard made all the difference. If Jericho is going to fall down to you, we've heard of his miracles, how he parted the waters, and all these miracles, Faith arose in her heart and she kept the, the people that came to check out the land and send them away safely. And she said, look, 
wise woman, she's transferred her prostitution wisdom now to the other side. So look, if when you come and invade the land, you please spare me and my family. She was the only family that got saved in Jericho. <laughs> my Lord and my God. And when you list, when you, when you, when you, when you, when you notice in, in Matthew chapter 1 verse 5, her name is listed in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Prostitute. Former prostitute. God gave her a new beginning. Oh, somebody is watching right now that is saying, Pastor, I've blown it. You don't know what I've done. Oh, but if you give Jesus an opportunity, oh, he will give you a new beginning. He will give you a fresh start. No matter what the past is, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, receive a new beginning in Jesus' name. Receive a new beginning in the name of the Lord Jesus. May God take you from where you are as you cooperate with him, as you obey him. And do what he says. May your story change. And that of your family. Change completely in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Notice Hebrews 11.31. Yeah, she had faith. The Bible says so. It says by faith the hallowed Rahab. She called, still calls her hallowed. Did not perish with those who did not believe. When she had received the spies with peace. Oh my Lord and my God. Her name is in the same category with Noah, Enoch, Abraham, Sarah, Gideon, Samson. All these heroes. She's not going anywhere. She's, I said I'm also here. <laughs> I'm also part of this thing. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Faith in God can take a prostitute and transform them into a new creation. It can take an alcoholic and transform that person. It can take a drug addict and transform that person. It can take a homeless person and transform that person. It can take, oh my Lord and my God, a sick person and transform that person. It can take a person in despair at the point of suicide and transform that person. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, history is filled with God people as they cooperated with God and in the name of Jesus as they cooperated with God their lives were not the same in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus oh I don't know what you may be faced with ah but I do know a God that can transform your life I do know a God that can transform that marriage I do know a God that can transform those children I do know a God that can transform that health situation around. I do know a God that can turn that financial situation around. I do know a God as you cooperate with him. In the name of the Lord Jesus, he will take you from where you are to where you are supposed to be. Nothing is impossible with our God. Oh, I sense his presence here. Her life was not the same. As we cooperate with God, we will see his hand at work in our lives. He will take ordinary lives 
and use it for his glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things. One time somebody was in Calcutta, India, and they said, when I saw the poverty, I just wanted to scream. And his mind came to Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa said, if I ever become, if I ever become too busy, they're asking, now, what, I mean, how do you spend your time on these people? He, he said, I'm too busy expending my love. I don't have one moment of my energy in anger. Amen. Ordinary people taken by God and serving their generation. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh my God! Hebrew, Hebrew chapter eleven is not the list is not completed yet. Oh, your name will be let you be listed when you get to heaven. They are doing the roll call. They mention your name and they, they come up. Oh, always think about that. The day that you stand before God, all of us will have to stand there. What are you going to tell Him? Thank you, Lord Jesus. May your faith have corresponding action. James is saying to, to these people that are in deep difficulty. You see, when you, when, you, when you focus on yourself, only you become self-centered. But when you start thinking about others, it opens up a whole new world. It's, now, it's not just me, myself, and I. But you get up every day, I, no matter what you are doing, and just make yourself available for service. And say, Lord, how can I save you today? How can I save somebody else? How can I be a blessing to somebody? Life becomes interesting. Oh my Lord, you haven't started living to you to do that. <laughs> I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that may we yield our lives completely to the Lord. Jesus said, in as much as you have done it to the least, of these, you have done it to me. It's so, it takes it so personal. So personal. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There's a world heading out there. And every day, they are looking for answers. Jesus calls us the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Your light will shine. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Your light will shine. Amen. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. I know we are all a work in progress. I know there are things we want to see in our lives. And in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. I know God. I know God. The God that does miracles. The God that does impossible. Oh, but in the process. Let's just say, oh Lord. Take my life. And use it for your glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We serve a God who loves us so much. He cares about us. God hasn't forgotten about you. He knows you. He knows your address. He knows where you live. He sat where he sat. When you have a need, let me give you a little tip before you know, we wrap up. When you have a need in your life, um, take your eyes off. You, you, you can analyze whatever, whatever it is. You see, Jesus wasn't need-centered. Jesus walked like to every problem there is a solution.
You, you check up on his life. When there's no, he's been preaching a camp meeting for three days and people are hungry, uh, he sees that as an opportunity for, for God to show himself. The, average, the disciples were looking at it, they look at it from the natural standpoint. They say, oh, why did we come out here? This is a dry place. Why, this is the wrong location for the camp meeting. Why are we even here? Jesus sees differently. He looks at a need and in a, an entirely different way. A need exists to be met. I repeat it again. A need exists to be met for us to call on the miracle-working God. And in obedience to Him, do whatever He tells us to do and let Him work His wonders. A need is not supposed to harass you. <laughs> Intimidate you. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's supposed to draw us close to God and to call on the God who can do the impossible. I see God doing the impossible in your life. I see God transforming your life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, my Lord and my God. We, have, we just finished chapter 2. Even then, we've, we've had to skip some verses. As this book is loaded. It's very practical. We'll continue another time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's, let's rise to our feet. Thank you, Lord. Faith at work, faith in action, corresponding actions. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Ask, let's, we have to ask ourselves, if Christianity just depended on me, if God was depending on me, if everything depended on me, what would I do? What would the world look like? Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust this podcast was a blessing. Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we would love to hear from you. Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org. We will love to equip you in daily walk, so sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 719-235-5535.